Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith. And I'm Douglas Gale. And I will be bringing you Space News, Star Trek, Duck Space Nine, Firefly, Black Mirror, and probably superhero stuff. Dystopian fiction! Who's excited? I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. I'm here with our Firefly nerd, Jane Smith. Hello, hello. How are you, Jane? Always. I'm good. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm good. We we just did this like two weeks ago. We're so out of order I right know. now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look at us, though, powering through Firefly episodes. I know. Yeah. I I actually was going to put out a Doug Space Nine before this episode came out, but the yeah. schedule got switched up a little bit, mostly because of the space news that, we ha- that we're talking about in this episode. It's so exciting. It's of immediate concern. Today is uh, yeah. July 12th. <laughs> And it's happening well, right now. There is a comet visible, and we have to talk about it because people need to know where to see it because it's very, very exciting. Are you excited to see a comet? So exciting. <laughs> immediate news. Assuming, yes. of course, that the atmosphere plays nicely with our uh, our viewing schedules. Yeah, you know, hopefully someone who listens to this podcast lives in the Northern Hemisphere. Here's this, because I'm going to try to get this yeah. out today. And then we'll be like, oh my goodness, I can go look at a comet tonight. Because that's the situation that we are in right now. (laughs) That's what's happening. So excited. Um, And of course, we're going to talk about Firefly. We've got the second to last episode of the series, Heart of Gold. Yeah, penultimate Firefly. Second to last. That's one of my favorite words. Me too. Second to last, penultimate. (laughs) Hardly ever get to use it in a sense. (laughs) Yeah, I use it probably more than most people talking about (laughs) science fiction as much as i do i use that word a lot yeah yeah yeah, there's like this piece of trivia where i i think i'm remembering this correctly where the people who played the captains on star trek the next generation and star trek deep space nine patrick stewart and avery books avery brooks Mm -hmm. both directed the penultimate episodes of their series nice yeah it's a, a special honor i guess i wonder if anyone else is going to keep that up with future uh series that they do yeah that would be interesting i mean patrick stewart back in star trek right now so yeah. he could do it <laughs> he can do it um how are you how are you jane are you like watching any good sci-fi tv what's happening in your life oh man i haven't really been watching much tv um, I've been working a ton lately, yeah. even though we're all working from home right now. Um, did you do you have uh, Prime? Do yeah. you watch any of that stuff? Did you watch Tales from the Loop? Did we already? No, I haven't seen show? that. But someone asked me that yesterday. It's good. Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. Um, it is sci-fi, but it's more uh, subtle, hmm. um, and it's not like obvious things going on right now but it's more like each um each story is or each episode is like its own little short story focused on a different character in this town and so you'll see a lot of overlap with recurring characters and like recurring families and things but um there's like a little flare of something weird going on in every episode um but they don't 
necessarily focus on that as the prime part of the story, which makes it really interesting. It's cool. Like, I really want to know what's going on, but you don't know how much detail they're going to give you about it. And um, mm. and it's beautiful. It's really beautifully filmed. Oh so, my goodness. Oh, I, wow. I, I, I'll check I it out. Recommend that one. I'm going to check it yeah. out. You're giving yeah. me like some lost vibes with that description. How like... When- I- didn't like, watch a whole lot of Lost. Yeah. I, I've seen some Lost enough to know that, like, yeah, there's some there's some similarities there. I think you'll enjoy it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, the early seasons of Lost, something I loved so much about it was that there were these, like, human stories happening inside of this crazy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what the show was focused on at first. And that's what I really love. It's like... Especially when you get something out in space, out in the future, mm-hmm. with crazy sci-fi shit happening, but then you ground it with like human stories. That's that's what I really really like. Yeah, that's why Firefly is so awesome. Totally. And also, <laughs> speaking of Amazon Prime, I just watched Upload season one of Upload. Um, is that good? I loved it. I haven't seen it yet. I loved it. Okay. It was really good. great. It was like nice. fun, uh, silly, goofy, with some real heart to it. Some real good character. Yeah. I, re- I really enjoyed it. That's good. I can't wait okay. for season two. For anyone who isn't familiar, it's about uh, there's this new technology developed that when you die, your consciousness can be digitized and then they upload you into this like digital afterlife. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's a really interesting story. I, I saw the commercials. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to watch this, but then I ended up watching it and loving it. Yeah. I wasn't sure from the, from the advertising. I was like, Maybe I might watch that sometime, but it was not not like a like a hard and fast sell from the yeah. the premise they were showing. So I was like, eh, I don't know. But all right, you you've sold me. I'll uh, have to check it out. Yeah, I I really liked it. It's only like ten episodes long. Um, it's made by okay. one of the creators of The Office. So if you like that Ooh. style of humor, you'll probably yeah. enjoy this as well. Because there is also like a sort of workplace comedy happening, where there's this woman who works at the Upload Center. Um, yeah. so it's like, she's living in a workplace comedy, but then this other character is living inside of the uploaded world and he's living in like a black mirror sci-fi story. <laughs> so those two okay. things combined are actually like really enjoyable in my opinion. I really like it. Nice. Yeah. So it's almost, have you seen the good place? I saw it like four episodes. Kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Haven't seen, I haven't seen all of it either, but it's like, it sounds like it's kind of a similar, uh, afterlife comedy kind of yeah situation people keep telling me to watch the good place i tried to get into it and like the first four episodes did not capture my attention so i moved on but i might someday i might come back to it i haven't gotten past the first few episodes either it's like yeah this is good but i feel like there's so much other content out there right now that needs more immediate attention yeah so i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe season two really hooks people up seriously well, speaking of immediate attention, we yeah. got to give this comet immediate attention because it's happening right now. And I, I already mean, right forgot. Now. I got so distracted by chatting. We got—we forgot we got to do the space news. This is immediate. We got to do it. <laughs> Breaking space news. Breaking space news. I like it. Here we go. Space news. Okay. So the space news this week is that there is a comet in the sky right now that is visible to the naked eye. And it's supposedly the best looking comet that we've seen since 1997. So, I'm stoked. I haven't seen it yet, and this article, this article is going to tell us how and when to see it. That's what I'm really, really interested in. Is like, first of all, what's going on with this comet, and then more importantly, when and where can I see it? So let's get into this. 
Um, There's a lot of places reporting on this. This has been popping up all over my newsfeed recently. So I actually um, went to space.com because I feel like the space.com articles often are written from the point of view of like true space nerds. And that's why I like this website so much because you can just like feel the excitement for what's happening in the articles. So whenever something's being reported by a lot of people, space.com has become my sort of go-to spot to to look for info. So here we are from space.com. How to see Comet Neowise in the night sky this month. (laughs) That's what I'm waiting for. It's like, (laughs) I'm waiting for some fanfare. Drum roll, roll, please. Yes, now I feel like I can can keep talking. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the early reviews are in. Comet Neowise is a hit. Those who have gotten up before sunrise to gaze into the twilight skies have been greeted by the best comet performance for Northern Hemisphere observers since the 1997 appearance of Hale-Bopp, uh, Comet Hale-Bopp. Indeed, Neowise, cataloged C-2020 F3, emphatically ended the near-quarter-century lack of spectacular comets. So there's a lot of information here about the comet, um, but what I really wanted to focus on right now, because this is happening right now, is when and where to see it. So, as always, I'm going to link to this article in the description of the podcast, but we're going to jump down to the when and where of what's happening with Comet Neowise. Yeah. The Comet's best views will come during a three-day stretch on the mornings of July 11th, 12th, and 13th, when it will stand 10 degrees above the northeast horizon, 80 minutes before sunrise. So this is why I haven't seen this thing yet, because I don't do mornings. It's too early. It's too early. Um, And I have so much shame and guilt over not even being able to do mornings for a comet. But it's okay, because there are some evenings where you can see it. We'll get to that next. But what about you, Jane? Do you do mornings for space watching? Oh, God. I don't do mornings for anything. Yeah. I can't. (laughs) It's it's so hard. I am not a morning person at all. Night owl all the way. Yeah, me too. If I wake up too early, I actually will not feel good the whole day. Like if, if I yeah. get up early, go back to sleep, I will feel physically sick when I wake up and be sick until I go to sleep and then sleep through the morning. <laughs> and then it's, and then everything's just wrong for days. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm going to see a sunrise, it's almost always from the other side where I've stayed up all night. Right. And I'm going to see the sunrise and then I'm going to go to bed. Absolutely. I think that's the only sunrises I've seen. But I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. My memory is horrible. But anyway. <laughs> um, but anyway, for these morning people, um, so 80 minutes before sunrise, your clenched fist held at arm's length measures approximately 10 degrees in width. So on these three mornings, the head of Comet Neowise will appear about one fist up from the northeast horizon. And all you need to do is figure out where the northeast horizon is from your location. So there's actually a lot of apps that'll do this on your cell phone where you can figure out you know, which direction you're looking. There's like really cool sky watching apps out there where if you go out yeah. at night, it'll track your location and show you where the comets are in the sky. Have you used anything like that before? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some free apps for too. Sure. Um, not necessarily stuff that you need to pay for. So yeah. if you just want to like download something to your phone, uh, pop it in your pocket, walk outside and then it's good to go. There's, there's several different apps you can use. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they work during the day. Um, they might. Oh, yeah. They well, do. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, great. at least the ones I've, I'm drawing a blank on names right now. But hang on a second, because um, there are a bunch. I hear googling happening over there. I know. <laughs> Ta- tappa tappa. All right. Uh, the best free stargazing apps of the last couple years. All right, we got Starwalk Two. 
don't know about that one. Skyview. I've used Skyview before. Skyview. That's pretty good. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Star chart. Uh, okay, but wait. These are not free. But there's some out there, so just yeah. check whatever um, app store you prefer, depending on your devices. Yeah, you can figure out where Northeast is and also what you're looking at in the sky at the same time. Anyway. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so one fist up from the Northeast horizon. That's really interesting. Um, and it, I mean, if I'm up late, maybe I'll look, uh, but it is going to be visible at night. Um, and we're going to get to that in a second. The sky should appear mm-hmm. reasonably dark at that time. So we're still talking about 80 minutes before sunrise with only the light of the last quarter moon providing any, any interference as the minutes tick off, the comet will be getting higher, but the dawn sky will be getting increasingly brighter as well. After July 13th, which is tomorrow, Neowise will drop rapidly lower and swing more towards the northeast. By July 18th, it will appear only 5 degrees above the horizon at the start of nautical twilight, and only a few mornings later, its altitude will have become too low to see it in the all-pre-sunrise sky. At which point, it will be more visible in the evening, and that's when I get really excited, because I can do that. Evening visibility. But as its morning visibility diminishes there, diminishes, there is good news. Comet Neowise will become prominent in the early evening sky after sunset. That will also mean a much larger audience will be able to see it during prime time viewing hours instead of having to awaken during the wee hours of the early morning. The first opportunity for evening viewing begins on July 12th, which is today, when the head of the Yay. comet will stand 5 degrees above the north-northwest horizon, 80 minutes after sunset. The end of nautical twilight. So these are interesting terms. There's nautical twilight and what was the other one? Nautical. No, nautical twilight. The beginning of nautical nautical twilight twilight. or the end of nautical twilight. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Where was I? And that's that's like when the sun is a few degrees beneath the horizon. So it's not up yet, but you're still getting that kind of like grayish light that's it's definitely lighter than nighttime hmm. and darker than daytime, but yeah. the sun's not technically showing yet. Gotcha. Okay. So 80 minutes after sunset, um, starting tonight, the comet will stand five degrees above the North Northwest horizon. Um, by, short, by July 14th, its altitude will have already doubled to 10 degrees. And by July 19th, it will have doubled yet again to 20 degrees up by the end of nautical twilight. By then it will have moved to above the Northwest horizon. Um, So this is really important right here. So we here at space.com feel that the best time to view the comet during the evening will come during the July 14th to 19th time frame. So we've got time. If you're evening watchers like me, you've got time. Uh, Yeah. It's happening this week, the 14th through the 19th. We also strongly recommend that observers should seek the most favorable conditions possible. Even a bright comet like this one can be obliterated by thin horizon clouds, haze, humid air, smoke, twilight glow and especially city lights we especially emphasize mm-hmm. that that last factor the further away you get from a metropolitan area the darker your sky and the better your view of neowise binoculars will ha- enhance your view and more good news no moonlight will brighten the sky as the moon will be on a waning crescent and visible only in the morning sky through july 20th on successive july evenings the comet will grow fainter but it will be further away from the sun setting later and visible in a darker sky. As we move into August, the comet will be very well placed for observers with small telescopes. 
Okay, so there's so much information here. This that's what we're going to focus oh, on for the space news too. today. Yeah, August will be good okay. if you have a telescope. But this cool. month, this week, if you don't have a telescope, if you're just using your naked eye, if you have a camera with a nice lens and you want to try to get a picture and then uh, like a high-res image that you can then blow up on your computer and have something that you took of a comet, this is the week to yeah. do it. I'm I have to do this. I'm really really excited. That's awesome. Okay, so one thing to keep in mind is that it's fairly close to the horizon, so you're going to need to find somewhere kind of mm. tall. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need to go up to a hill or something because there's a lot of trees in this area. There's a lot of hilly uh, places, so um, find either a tall building near you, if you can go up to a rooftop, maybe, Yeah. or... Um, you know, I'll bet the Top best. <laughs> I'll bet the best place to be would be in a large, super flat desert with no hills, in the middle of nowhere, yeah. with like um, where there aren't any mountains to obscure your view, uh, mm -hmm. and there's no city light. So yeah, I was gonna say it's mostly the the light pollution yeah. that's, that's gonna kill it for anyone in a big city area right now. So maybe this is the time to take a uh, a COVID road, road trip. trip. <laughs> <laughs> Stock yeah. up on masks. Hop in the car. The thing I'm thinking about with like COVID road trips is that like, what about going to the bathroom? Like I'm going to feel, feel way too nervous to go into like a gas station. I know. It's like, so uh, we almost took a road trip a couple of weeks back um, through, it would have taken us through Eastern Washington. And I was like, but is the thing that we're driving for important enough right now to drive through one of the hottest pockets of COVID activity in the country going on right now. Yeah. Like what if we need an emergency pit stop for bathroom or food or gas for whatever reason, or like, what if we get a flat tire in the middle of Yakima and right. then it's like we are forced to interact with um, people who are already probably exposed, you yeah. know, whether they know it or not. And um, yeah. And you go we, east. We ended up scrapping the road you, you go east from where we are, and there's a lot of people who don't wear masks. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it unfortunately, it's a very political thing. Right. And the instant you're over the mountain pass here, it's like people get offended if you ask them to wear a mask. And it's like, well, I'd rather stay in my car. Thank you very much. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I think I'm going to try to see this comment from home first. But, but, uh, I, but yeah, I I'm going to try... Hopefully, fingers crossed, the weather will be all right. I think Wednesday this week, uh, which is the 15th, is supposed to be fairly clear skies. So cool. Here in Seattle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, here in Seattle, locally. So I'm going to yeah. you know keep an eye out each evening, but hopefully we'll fingers be able crossed. to. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start. Have good viewing conditions. I'm going to start trying tonight because it should be visible tonight. We'll see if we have. I mean, this, the sun has been coming and going all day today, so there might be like a break in the clouds. Probably not going to be a clear night tonight, but I want to start trying every night. And then if I yeah. if I feel like I haven't seen it and I'm freaking out about having missed the opportunity, if I'm having like Comet FOMO, then I might try to like see if I can rustle up Andy for a little mini road trip. Maybe just, maybe just like drive an hour out of the city. Um, mm -hmm. It could be worth it. I, yeah. I would say just just drive. You don't even necessarily need to um, like go to a, a big town or something. Just get on a freeway, get out of town, forty five minutes to an hour. Pull over on a little, yeah, you know, shoulder, 
where there's clearing, you know, where there's not going to be something obstructing your view and where you're safe. But uh, you don't even necessarily, you know, get off at a at a normal exit. Yeah. But just see if you can just get away from the light a little bit. Totally. Bring your camera. Bring a tripod. Yeah. Bring that. Bring that long lens. Yeah. <laughs> see what you can see. I don't know. I've never done any space photography, but that could be a cool thing to look right. into. Yeah. My friend does like legit space photography where she oh, nice. like she knows a lot about it. She, I've seen her stuff. Yeah. She like takes trips for it. Super, super cool. cool. I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So Comet, Comet Neowise, this is, this is the time to see it. This is the week. This, I'm so glad that I, that we got this episode out in time. I'm I'm speaking yeah, to, really to me in the future. Please get this episode out in time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone go watch it and then let's reconvene at the next one and uh, give us comments about uh, where you are and if you could see it or not. Yeah. Oh, man. I would love to hear anything from anyone about seeing the comet. That'd be so cool. You can always reach out to us, yeah. spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter at spacenerdjesse. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's or if that's you're it. if you're one of those people taking photos, if you've got the uh, astrophotography going on, uh, yeah. give us a picture. Let us oh see what God. you got. I would love that. I would love that. That'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah. So everyone, get out there, look up at the sky. This is the time. So excited, and that's the space news. Yeah. Space news. Space news. All right, Jane. Shall we move over into our sci-fi chat for the week with some Firefly, our second to last episode? Yay. It's exciting and a little sad, but, you know, wish there was more. Yeah. But this was always going to come to an end someday. Yeah. So we can move on to better things. Well, I don't know about better things, but move on to new things. Yeah. Yeah. Other things. I don't know. There is other, no... Other things. There's, there's know, not very many better things than Firefly. <laughs> Although this episode, Heart, Heart of Gold, not the best episode. It's, it's not the worst, but it's not the best. It's yeah. It's definitely feels like, um, not that they phoned it in or anything, but there there are moments where it's just like it's a little too, uh, the levity I guess is too high. That they're trying to make it funny. Um, but I, I don't. Know. I like the episode, but I agree that it's not necessarily uh, not peak. Yeah, not peak Firefly. Not peak Firefly. <laughs> Um, so this is the episode where Malcolm Reynolds and his crew are, I guess they're hired. I mean, they got paid eventually, right? I think. Unclear. Unclear. Sort of hired (laughs) to protect this whorehouse on this, uh, desert moon. That's like, yeah, this backwater desert moon owned by this asshole. Um, does he own the moon Mm -hmm. or just like own the town or what's his deal? What's his name? It's also unclear. Rance Burgess. Rance. He yeah. is clearly Some Rance like, dressing. I know Rance. It's like Rancid. I'm like, yeah. what kind of name is? <laughs> it's like Lance, and it's a Rancid Lance. Rance. Uh, rancid Lance. Rance. What's his last name? Now I can only think of Rance dressing. Burgess. Burgess. <laughs> Rance dressing. Yeah. But we shall call him from now on, Mister Dressing. Uh, I feel like he's a like a mayor or a governor or some little lord of a fiefdom on this moon like it's not it's not really clear exactly what he is but he's clearly the guy with the most power in this community because he likes to flaunt it he's definitely a rich asshole that's for sure 
is absolutely a rich asshole uh, and a chauvinist pig. He yes. treats all women, whether they be his wife or his uh, mistresses or, you know, paid whores of the evening. Uh, he treats them all like shit. Yeah, and, and the plot revolves around <laughs> the plot revolves around him having impregnated uh, one of I don't like calling them whores. What like, I know they're very they use that word a lot in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Pedaline is yes, his uh, Pedaline his his I want to say paid companion, but that's not <laughs> she's not a companion. She right. is very much not a registered companion. So uh, even Inara herself says that the word applies. Yeah. <laughs> In this particular case. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but he, he impregnates this woman who works at the whorehouse, who is also yep. a whore, and I feel uncomfortable saying she's that. A, <laughs> she's an independent contractor. We'll use Mal's words. She's independent. Yes. Let's <laughs> use that instead. Because, the, yeah, this, they're calling them whores throughout the whole episode, but it does feel weird. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting juxtaposition, in, especially in this episode, because, like, this in this world, mm. companions are so well-respected, but... But then, like, this word whore is still thrown around as an insult, so... Yeah, so I feel like uh, they went out of their way to show the girls of the house speaking not very eloquently and, um, you know, sh- short words, kind of kind of choppy uh, sentences for most of their lines. They, they really tried to drive home that these girls are not... They didn't go to any academy. They didn't have years of training. They're just girls that Nandy took under her wing and tried to share some of her insights and, and experiences with them so that they could make a living. Yeah. You know, out in this world with, you know, not but a couple of horses. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And there's an interesting (laughs) parallel between living and working at this whorehouse and being a member Mm -hmm. of the, the Firefly crew, the Serenity crew. um, Yeah. Because they're living outside of the law just trying to make ends meet. And that's what these mm-hmm. people are doing who live, you know, live in this house. So yeah. they're both like living outside of an unjust law uh, and just trying to get by in the verse and living yeah. in this universe where the government has kind of left them to die and they just have to make their own way. Like, why should en- mm-hmm. why should we judge any of these people for doing what they have to do to get by? Um, and I feel like yep. the episode is on the side of, of all of these sex workers, which I really like. I feel like they're kind of presented yeah. as good people who are just trying to get by the same way that yeah, Mal and his crew yeah. are. And they're all criminals, mm-hmm. you know, like the main cast are all criminals. So, um, right. yeah. So there, I do like that aspect of this a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a, a line in the episode that kind of hangs a lantern on it. Um, Rant Burgess's wife Rand's stressing <laughs> when, when Mal wants to meet this guy face to face and they all meet up at the theater. Um, she says, my husband makes a distinction between legality and morality. Yeah. She's talking about the fact that he owns a, a weapon that's illegal um, according to the Alliance. But it's, it's funny because it's really talking about all of these people and there is a definite distinction between the the criminals who live on the ship who break the the letter of the law all the time but are basically good people right. or these uh, these people that live in this whorehouse that you know aren't 
officially sanctioned by the state. They don't have any sort of licensing or, you know, paperwork that says their establishment is fine. But it's this one guy who's flaunting that for his own evil agendas. Right. <laughs> As opposed to just trying to get by. He's he's using it to get ahead and to take advantage of everyone around him. Absolutely. Like he is he seems like he's for the most part putting up the pretense of being a law-abiding citizen, but he's using that as yeah. an excuse to amass power so he can rape and pillage. And he's exactly. like a truly despicable man. I mean, mm-hmm. Rance Burgess is like the worst. Like he is almost yeah. like worse than Niska because he's just so gross. Like he oh, forces yeah. that he forces that woman to to like suck his dick in front of a crowd just to prove right? that like that men have dominion over women. It's like truly despicably disturbing. It's it's really gross. Yeah, everything about this guy is nasty and you know, when he gets his just desserts at the end of the episode, no one's really that sad to see him go. No. Not even his own people. So, it's Yeah. Fine. Like, the woman holding the child that she just gave birth to, that he is the father of, walks yeah. out and shoots him in the head. And yeah. everyone else is like, yep, good riddance. It was deserved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I... Yeah. This is an interesting one, because, like, I... I struggle a little bit with this, with enjoying this episode because he's like, he's not fun bad, you know? He's just like, man, that guy sucks. Like, Niska is like fun bad, where I enjoy hating Niska because he's this like over the top flamboyant villain that is just so fun. (laughs) With his little like comically small glasses. Yeah. yeah, I have reputation. We enjoy, yeah, we enjoyed Niska so much that when he came back for a second episode, we were like, "Yeah, Niska, all right." Yeah, and then he tortured uh, the main crew, and it's a great episode. And like, and you yeah. hate that character, but the episode is amazing. Whereas in this one, I feel mm-hmm. like I hate this character, and he is also so true to life and so real um, that I don't enjoy hating him. I feel like exhausted by hating him, if that makes sense. And that's probably just because of the times oh. that we're going through right now. Um, and I will say that I enjoyed this video, video, this episode more my first few watch-throughs of Firefly than I did on this one. Like, I just watched this this morning, and I enjoyed this episode less than I have in the past. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, this It was a difficult watch through this time. I feel like partially because of everything that's going on in the world and, like, everything kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. And, but there's been, there's been a lot of um, movements not just right now, but over the past few years of the treatment of, of fellow human beings, which makes watching something like this where other people are not being treated so well based on their profession and their uh, gender or whatever their gender um, yeah. is extra difficult to see now that, you know, some people's eyes have been opened more to the injustices of the world. Yeah. So it makes it, it makes it more difficult to watch. Yeah. And honestly, like the show is doing a good job of showing you right and wrong and saying like, um, these, these sex workers are doing things that are positive in their lives and their choice. So let's not judge them for it. This guy who's a horrible rich asshole is like 
taking it upon taking the law upon himself and he is like mm-hmm. really despicable like the show is ethically it's like kind of on the right side in my view of all of these arguments um mm-hmm. but i i was surprised at at how disturbed i was by it because it like back in the day i thought this was like a fun episode watching it now i'm like this is dark you know like this is really dark right um well and, yeah they yeah. had to walk a fine line for for you know pretty mainstream television being able to tell this kind of story about um you know sex workers and and the abuse of humans (laughs) based on you know just situation and and oh i think they did a very good job uh threading that needle yeah but i don't know there's things about the episode that upon this rewatching it kind of like left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Like the relationship between Mal and Inara, they were mm-hmm. clearly trying to like ram that down our throats in this episode. Like, will they, won't they? Oh, there's going to be a romantic misunderstanding and she's going to be sad about it. And it's like, eh. I don't know. I just wish, I wish they'd taken a slightly different, Maybe maybe if they had more time, like this is one of the last episodes, mm-hmm. you know, and so they knew they were they were right on the, the raggedy edge of, of being canceled um, the whole time, really. But it just really seemed rushed, that that plot line to me. Yeah. That they were just like, we're going to cram it in this episode and make it blatantly obvious that they each have feelings for each other. But the other one, or but they're each, you know masking it in their own way like anara is kind of mean to mal in this episode she's just like straight up mean to him it's so yeah Um, you're so right and there's things i like okay the thing i here's the thing i like about it is that there's been this weird flirtation between mal and anara and this episode uh makes it explicit and i love um i I think nandy is a great character in this episode she's Mm -hmm. the woman who runs runs the whorehouse yeah she's she's great um, and mm-hmm. then there's this whole arc in the story where, like, they are basically paying the Serenity uh, crew with sex. <laughs> like, it, yeah. Jane is like has this fling with this uh, this woman, but I I actually like that Jane is just with one woman the whole time. He's like he gets in there, is like you know, he's, he's like in a whorehouse. He's just like in his natural element. And you think that right. he's just going to take advantage of everyone, but then he kind of picks one and see, has this really sweet relationship with her. And I think that's yeah. so cute. I just really liked that. But I'm, I'm getting off topic. What I'm trying to say is that, um, but Mal actually sort of inadvertently takes advantage of this. Also, when he sleeps with Nandy, Nandy uses her mm-hmm. companion training to seduce Mal. Because um, she's, she's really, so oh yeah, she's yeah. so interested in him, and it's like obvious yeah. that she really wants this, and then he seems to really mm-hmm. want it too. But she brings up the fact that she can tell that he has this attraction to Anara. Um, yep. But then she thinks that it's only one sided. She sleeps with Mal. Anara gets really upset. That's when she realizes that Anara has those feelings for Mal as well, and that's when the audience is kind of told explicitly that it goes both ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually, so that all of that I actually really like, but then when this falls apart for me is when Anara goes off into a room after seeing that Mal slept with Nandy, because when she first finds mm-hmm. out about it, I love her reaction. She's like, great, I'm glad. I, I love Nandy. Um, I, that's I question, a beautiful, empowering moment. It really is, like, yeah. Don't be ashamed about sex. Yes. It's fine. My friend needed this. You needed this. Just get over it. <laughs> 
Yeah, and yes. she digs them a little. She's like, I question your her taste, but besides that, it's all good. But then the next time we see her, she's like by herself crying in a room alone. And it's obvious mm-hmm. that this like really hurt her that Mal slept with, yeah. with Nandy. And it kind of deflates what was good about it. And it turns it more, mm-hmm. and it kind of like muddles it. Like now what is it? I don't know. And then she exactly. announces That's- at the end of the episode that she's leaving the ship. Um, yeah. And it makes a little bit more sense in hindsight watching this with the knowledge that Joss's plan for the future was that Inara was going to have some sort of a terminal illness, which never made mm-hmm. it into the show, never made it into the movie, is like right. talked about in some of the um, supplementary materials. And like Joss is on record saying he was going to do that. So this is what's yeah. driving Inara is that she doesn't want to get attached because she knows she's going to die. And she yeah. doesn't want to break the she heart. She doesn't want to have the whole crew, not just Mal. Right. But like she's made friends and family with these people. Like right. she, um, I think it was this episode. Yeah. Um, she grabbed River when right. Rance uh, barges in to steal the baby. Right. And I noticed there. that. She like, she like guards River with her body. Right. <laughs> like right. grabbing her. Um, so she really cares about these people and she doesn't want to hurt any of them. She hasn't told anybody this secret and it does make sense, uh, knowing what we know, but at the time it seemed, seemed really weird. Yeah. It's funny because like you can only judge the episode for what's in it and that isn't in the episode because they've never mentioned it. Um, but if you, if you, if this show had continued and they had revealed that eventually, it would have been like, oh, wow, that episode was better than I thought it was. And going yeah, back to watch this one again would have been like, oh, wow, they yeah. were seeding this. that They've now mm-hmm. paid off in a satisfying way. But because we never get that payoff and they never even reveal that that was what was happening. And all we mm-hmm. have to judge the episode by is what's actually in the episode. It leaves it feeling yeah. like really unsatisfying that she decides to leave the ship. It's like, what the fuck? You know, like, why? Yeah. Tell me I more. Know, why now? Yeah. yeah. What's the deal? You you love him. Be with yeah. him. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, I just I wish that that moment that they show her like crying on the floor, I I wish it was more subtle. Um, like yeah. her having a sad moment, you know, looking off at a sunset or something. Sure. Like, or or like I don't know, painting a sad picture or something. But like <laughs> her bawling her eyes out after she just pretended like everything was fine. Right. Just strikes me as wrong. Um, totally. And she can be upset that, like, she's in love she, with she's Mal. She's allowed to be upset. Yeah, yeah, she's in love with Mal. This is her friend Nandy. They slept together. She's feeling jealous. She's upset. But like the reaction that I would expect from Inara would be to kind of have a self-realization that she has more feelings for Mal than she was willing to admit admit to herself and to have some yeah. quiet moments of sadness about it right. or maybe frustration right. or she, anger, but not to be like bawling her of, eyes out over this man yeah. that, that like slept with her friend. Like that didn't feel right at all. It felt out of character yeah. for her. And um, it just, I, I feel like there was more to it that she was mourning the life that she was not going to be able to have exactly. not so much right. just that like oh the guy i have a crush on slept with someone else i don't think that was necessarily what she was crying about i agree uh, i agree 100 percent. but the scene just came off as as more heavy-handed yeah. than i would have liked to have seen yeah yeah like when i watch a show like this i love that i can tell that the writers know the characters 
and that mm. makes the characters feel real. And then I invest trust in the writers. Yeah. Yeah. And when there's moments where the characters seem to be acting out of sorts with themselves, and if they don't tell you why, it's really disconcerting for me. It's like, what's happening, writers? Yeah. Like, this doesn't feel right. But what right. I love about this particular moment is that I do think the writers knew what they were doing. And I think that she was crying over the loss of the life that she's going to lose because she just found out she has a terminal illness. That's what she's crying about. And like, but they never got to that point in the story to tell that part yeah. of this story. And I do think that they were well aware of that at this point because that's because she leaves the ship at the end of the episode. And that's kind of why, um, according to mm -hmm. like behind the scenes stuff, that's why she left the ship is because she right. knows she's dying and she wants to deal with it without without hurting this family mm -hmm. so yeah it's well, like the she knew. oh sorry go ahead I'm sorry. i think that <laughs> I think, we're like i think, a, she knew for I think a we're a little like off <laughs> on our video chat today i think that you're like a couple uh, seconds behind or something or i'm a couple seconds behind. Uh, we're hearing each other a couple seconds behind so it's hard for us to know when the other person is talking <laughs> bear with us yeah. podcast listeners we're gonna interrupt each other a lot that's okay technical difficulties <laughs> yeah. um but yeah I, I totally agree with what you were saying um about about anara but i think i think she knew like nandy brings up that she left for some reason that no she hasn't told anyone um and she knew when she left mm. sinon that mm. she was terminally ill and she wanted right. to see the universe right the assumption but like she didn't tell anyone she had this really good career lined up for her she was really ascending in her house and was you know everyone assumed she was going to be the priestess of that particular little um temple and it struck everyone as weird that she left so i think right. the assumption is that she already knew when she when she took off i agree for sure and i actually think that 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 makes me even more confident that this whole episode is just one giant seed planting of this idea that Inara is terminally ill. Um, mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then that would inform her reaction to Mal yeah. being with Nandi. And that's why she's crying so hard. And it's not over losing Mal, it's over losing her own life, you know? And right. that is a reason to for, for Inara to sit down and fucking cry. Like, that makes perfect sense. Right. So seeing Absolutely. it through that lens, it's like, oh, wow, this episode, <laughs> they were thinking about everything. It's just that because mm -hmm. we, it didn't continue, we didn't get the second get half of that off. story. They never paid it off. So it just feels dissatisfying. Mm -hmm. And it like feels like like a weird character moment when it's just that we just didn't yeah. get we didn't get the context, which is frustrating. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it makes me feel like I don't know how to feel about this episode because I do think that this episode would have been better in hindsight if the story of if the show had continued so mm -hmm. but it didn't <laughs> but we still know that information yeah. so does that change how we think about this episode maybe <laughs> <laughs> so romantic misunderstandings a little dissatisfying to watch in this particular uh truncated plot line because we didn't get the whole story um but that being said i i do love nandy i love the scene between her and mal um her just 110% seducing him. Yeah. She's like, I've been waiting. <laughs> I showed you my guns. What do I, I got? I'm getting you drunk. What do I got to do <laughs> to get you to bed me? And, uh, and I, I feel like the, that whole scene is really done with respect and like grade a, uh, demonstration of consent. And it's just really, um, 
respectful of both characters, not just of Andy, but of Mal. She's like, are you sure you want to do this? I don't want to step on any toes. I understand that you've got feelings for someone else, but I like you and I want to do this. Um, I, I feel like it's really uh, sweet. It's cute. It, it plays well over the years. It's great. Yeah, I agree. It is a it is like a gold star consent depiction. Yeah. It is really good <laughs> in that regard. Yep. Um, and yeah. I really like them together. I think that they have great chemistry. The characters and the actors mm-hmm. have good chemistry. They make sense together. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And they yeah, have- I do. I do uh, kind of like the wrinkle of like bringing in this third party into this relationship between Mal and Inara. I think there's like I feel like all the in- the storytelling instincts in this episode were good. It's just like something mm-hmm. got a little lost in translation. Yeah, I. I feel like this might have been better as a book uh, <laughs> where you can get more insight into the inner workings of each character instead of having to cram it into one TV episode. Yeah. Or it might have been better over like a multi-episode arc. Um, like if we saw Nandy again later, you know, like maybe they met and then they get called in later to help out with this whole rants situation. Yeah. It, it seems just there's too much going on for them to be able to unfold it uh, as elegantly as I I would have preferred. I think budgetary restraints must have been a big part of this as well, because the house house looks so silly. They just like, we're (laughs) we're on this alien moon and there's this, this whorehouse that like the, the the whole thing, like, (laughs) revolves around the whole story revolves around and they've just covered Mm -hmm. it in tinfoil and they even have a line about it it's like oh yeah like solar reflectant or something and it it, a nice way to power a house um but it's just like obviously some random southern california house that they just covered in (laughs) tinfoil yeah or it was like getting like it's siding redone or something and that was um some sort of insulation or, or something that was on it for construction purposes already. Yeah. It, it seemed kind of silly, but and not just that, yeah. but like the hovercraft that Rance is driving looks very silly. And, his, and it gets worse with each rewatching. Like, oh, it looks boy, terrible. Bad. And his and gun, his, his gun his looks gun. so silly. Like, with the giant check battery. <laughs> I was gonna say that's the most gratuitous check battery indicator I've ever seen. Like, okay, I understand you wanted to read well on screen, but did it need to be as big as the gun itself? Yeah. I don't think it needed to be that big. <laughs> yeah, it's like on Star Trek the original series, how you have like all of those giant bejeweled buttons and every once in a while there'll be a close-up and it says like open cargo bay doors or whatever and it's just like in giant lettering and it just looks so silly it's like we need to telegraph information to the audience on this like weird sci-fi device what is the most obvious way we can do it check your battery (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's, it's painful yeah and all of the 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 villagers like the angry men who follow rants they look mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like it, it's just the whole episode. Just everything looks really silly, and <laughs> on top of that, is so dark with like these weird themes, like this horrible yeah. like man just um, right. being like, so so like, rapey. And it's just like, oh my god! If this looked a yeah. little less silly, this would be more palatable. Right. 
And he's he's clearly not just his like atrocious treatment of women, but he treats the the guys that follow him not very well. He just throws away their lives casually right. so that he can get what he wants. And like the baby, which is a, a boy, he's he treats it like property, um, which is just just gross. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a smarter, thinner Donald Trump. It's really disturbing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oof. It just hits too close to home. Uh, and then to also have it all be like, it's a very B-movie episode where you can tell that they just ran out of money and everything that's yeah. on Serenity looks great, but everything that's like not on Serenity looks really, you know, student filmish. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's that's a good point like this episode was very ambitious in that they filmed most of the story off of the ship yeah so they had to either find or build brand new sets and costumes and all the stuff for all these extra people um on a shoestring budget and yeah it's, it's kind of obvious in some places but um yeah yeah and firefly they, is always they did what they could Firefly's always been that way, but like what they make with what they have is kind of the amazing thing. Like when you go to Ariel, you know, just seeing how they did that, it's like, wow, you really made this feel real. You know, like you really did a good job. Yeah, um, yeah that one looks good with like yeah. hardly any any um, jarring moments. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot, a lot of jarring moments in this episode. Totally. Like the, yeah. Uh, when they walked out of the theater, and everyone's all, you know, in their fancy opera dress. Um, but they're walking like out onto a dirt path and a dirt road and there's no lights anywhere. And it's like, okay, I, I, I get that they're selling that they're on a backwater moon. Um, but you'd think that these people that have this much money would have poured a little bit of it into the res or their infrastructure. Yeah. I think that they at were, least the like town square or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think they were trying to explain that away by saying that Rance Burgess had enough money to make everyone on the moon rich, but cho chose to mm, kind of yeah. keep it like a backwater almost Just as a tourist attraction. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, he clearly has a floating vehicle and everyone else is riding a horse. Yeah. Like he's not he's not spreading the wealth or reinvesting in his community at all. Yeah. But I think like I think that was a, a scripted reason that was an excuse to kind of cover over the fact that they ran out of money and just couldn't yeah. afford to make a more sci-fi scenario happen. So this just became mm -hmm. like the Old West episode where it just really, really <laughs> yeah. looks like the Old West, but like a bad a bad version of the Old West, you know? Whereas like <laughs> normally the show is kind of like this weird, um, like retro futuristic Western this one is just mm -hmm. a Western with a hover car yeah. and it, it goes too far yeah. in that direction to the point where it feels a little silly to me. Mm -hmm. Um, inside, yeah. but, but again, like the story is so dark with this like really rapey guy. And that, that to me is not a good juxtaposition where is if, if they had like, mm -hmm. if the town had been something really fancy, like I'm thinking of, you know, um, the episode where they have the duel, um, and they go to oh, the, yeah. Shindig. Shindig, yeah, and they go to the ball, and there's this like high yeah. society, um, right? On on like a, a moon somewhere, like if they had done something like that, 
or even like that episode where Nara goes to be a companion to that young guy and his dad oh, like yeah. owns this rich place or even like the floating <laughs> island like this show's done this so many times where they've really made an environment out of very mm-hmm. little and made you feel like you're really going someplace different if they had done that yeah. with the town and then had the the whorehouse be the same i think it would mm-hmm. have been really effective where this guy um this horrible man rance is coming from uh this like really rich town to terrorize these poor women just trying to, well, I guess there's men there as well, which I actually really liked Um, these poor people who are trying to make ends meet. Yeah. Um, If, if he had been coming from like a, obviously like visibly wealthier culture, it would have made a little bit more sense for the story. Um, Yeah. Because that is what he's coming from. And we saw a little bit of that with that party where Mal meets him but you're right, like as soon as he walks outside, we're just in the old west. And that to me just felt like purely budgetary constraints. Yeah. It, it uh took me out of the story a little bit when yeah. it happened. So Yeah, but can we blame the episode for that if it's like obvious that they just I mean, we know the network yeah. wasn't supporting them and we like this is towards the end of the run, right. they were already canceling them. I'm sure they just couldn't mm-hmm. get more money. You know, they probably just had to uh- write a story around the locations that they had and like what are we going to do put tinfoil on the house because we're out of money (laughs) and they just made something and it's still a good episode you know like it's a little jarring in the world of firefly because it doesn't feel at the same level but it is still a good episode and i'm still impressed by that yeah i it's by no means one of my least favorite episodes um especially you know considering uh what they the like the end product out of like shoestring and some duct tape, but um, it's noticeable for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what else happens in this episode that we haven't touched on? Oh man, this one thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, so Mal, like when they when the fighting breaks out, Mal wants Serenity in the sky, and he's like, "Where's my spaceship? Why isn't in the sky?" And mm-hmm. Anara or not Anara, um, Wash and, and Wash. Kaylee yeah. are like stuck on the ship, pinned down, being shot at by some of Rance's men. They eventually like trick them into getting stuck in a hallway um, where they like trap these men. But then Wash realizes that he's trapped in the engine room. And then we never cut back to that story. So what happened? <laughs> That's my question is what happened? Does that, is that just to say that we couldn't get air support? Is that what that is all about? Right. That's to show that um, a tactic that they've used before of having the ship fly in and scare the locals um, is not available in this particular instance. Or they don't have the money to show the ship flying around that much. We see like one special effects shot (laughs) of the ship landing and it's not... Uh, it doesn't age well. It was like a very small, like the, the ship is way off in the distance. It's behind some fake rocks and it like, it shows it landing behind the rocks. So you don't have to see the landing gears come out. <laughs> it's like, that's it. That's all they could afford. So they definitely couldn't afford to have the ship flying around, like firing <laughs> its engines. <laughs> yeah. I guess I needed one more line of Wash saying, Mal, I can't get to you. You're on your own or something before Mal goes after Rance on a horse. And I did not know that a horse was faster than a hovercraft. I did not know that. Okay. I do. I do appreciate that (laughs) the juxtaposition of Mal jumping on a horse and chasing this guy down. It's like a car chase scene, but (laughs) a a sci-fi Western version of there's a hovercraft getting chased down by a horse. And it's, 
at the same time that we see the stupid gratuitous check battery check sign, battery. but it's, it's it's clearly trying to show that like no matter how much money this dude has, uh, his fancy tech is not necessarily the best solution for the environment that he's in. Yeah, 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 man, it's a little it's a little underwhelming, isn't it? Like as we're talking through it, I really mm-hmm. want to. I mean, there's so much I like about this episode. And there's so much I love about the show to the point that every episode I end up really liking. But this one really feels like it was really shafted by the budget and was just a little lacking because of that. But even in spite of that, still has some really good character moments and like great one-liners. Um, definitely, definitely watchable. Absolutely watchable and worth watching. I don't think there's an episode of Firefly that is not worth watching. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're all... They're all really good, some better than others, but um, this one, I don't know, not always going to be in my top choices uh, if I'm just watch- picking one out of the blue, you know, um, it's not necessarily, uh, I would say, even top five. Yeah. And <laughs> um, when there's only 14, that <laughs> tells you a lot. I know, it's like, it's, it's like the bottom half. Um, yeah. I feel like... I'm trying to remember there was something about Gina Torres getting married. And I can't remember if it was this episode or a different episode. She was not in this one very much. She was busy marrying Lawrence Fishburne. I know. Um, Isn't that so weird that Zoe from Firefly and uh morpheus from the matrix are married in real life (laughs) yeah i think they did they split up though did they oh no oh man yeah oh why can't anyone find love i know (laughs) why doesn't anything last uh yeah i think it was pretty quiet they they split um oh what a bummer for some reason, that reminded me of 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 uh, Wash's line to Kaylee in this episode. If I were unwed, I would take you in a manly fashion. <laughs> Which is a great line. There's a lot, there's a lot of fun one-liners in this episode. Um, yeah. And I really like little moments. Yeah. Um, you know, like the one that, that Wash had with Kaylee there. And, and like Shepard Book being so kind to these girls that just want like him to read some scripture to them yeah. Uh, instead of, you know, taking advantage or whatever. There's like little sweet moments throughout the episode, but they all seem kind of disconnected and disjointed and it doesn't, mm. it doesn't add up to being bigger than the sum of its parts. Like some yeah. of the other episodes do. I agree. I agree. There's some, there's some like magic element that is not present in this episode that is present in most of Firefly that Mm -hmm. when absent, you just like see through the cracks on everything and the story doesn't hold up as well. Um, It's really interesting. It's, but it's still like really good. You know, it's still better than a lot of TV that I've watched for sure. (laughs) Um, And speaking of great moments, I think one of my favorite moments in this episode is when Jane wakes up, next to that woman and there's like a gun between them and then they move the gun and then cuddle. Um, like some Jane's relationship with that, with that woman I love in this episode. Cause at first he's like this disgusting pig, but then he seems to kind of fall for this one woman and then just hang around her and protect her the whole rest of the time. 
which is so sweet. Mm. And like Jane has such it sweetness. Is. It's unexpected. Yeah. And it's it's nice. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. This whole I don't know. It's good, but it's not great. Yeah. Well let's rate this thing. How would you rate it? We know it's good, not great, but what does that <laughs> translate to as a number? One to ten. <sighs> How many Vera's do we give this episode? Yeah. This is a tough one. On a scale. Yeah, I I can't remember now what some of my early low ratings ones were because I'm, I'm trying to like grading on a scale and just judging based on other Firefly episodes, not on all TV. Right. Uh, like in general, it's, I think it's going to be less than a five, but, but I still, I don't know. I'm still entertained. I'm still enjoying good parts of the episode. Like a, 4.5 Vera's. Yeah. It's good, but it's gotta be it's gotta be less than half. <laughs> yeah. Just barely. Yeah, if Just I were barely. if I were looking at it as like an episode of TV overall, I would give mm-hmm. it like maybe a six. Yeah, but if I'm thinking yeah. about like episode of Firefly, this mm-hmm. is definitely down there uh mm-hmm. in as one of the not as good episodes. Um and Firefly's so good. But I mean, but what I like about this episode is the character stuff. I like seeing Mal woo a woman is really fun because he's such an interesting <laughs> character and he has such yeah. a particular way of wooing this woman or like being wooed by her. Mm-hmm. Um, Allowing they, himself to be wooed. Yeah. <laughs> and then they brought back that weird editing thing that they did in the pilot where like during a sex scene, they like pause on a, a shot for a moment yeah. and then fade out from it, which is so weird. I don't like it. I, I've been thinking about this for years. Like, do I like or dislike that editing choice in this show? And I think I don't like it. I think it's too much. I don't, yeah. I don't think I like it either. I, it's, it, I feel like it's not as well executed for this one as they did the first time with Anara. Right. I where agree. that time it was a little more artful. And this time it was just like a, Hard pause. You know what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. There. That whole sex scene was so not what I expected because it's so like slow mm. and tender, and mm. a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. It's a little. Yeah. It's it's maybe a little bit closer than you necessarily need to be on these two particular characters. Yeah. Um, we don't need. We don't need amazing. the sex scene. Like we don't need yeah. the sex scene at all. Like skip it. If yeah. just. Yeah. Like, show them going to bed together and then show them the next morning. We'll get it, you know? If you don't have something interesting to do with the sex scene, then I'd say, like, oftentimes it might be better to skip it. But... Yeah. I mean, a great great sex scene is, like, amazing. I love love great sex scenes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, a prude or anything. But, like, the example I can think of is Blade Runner 2049 has one of the best sex scenes I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's, oh, yeah, with the um, the third party. <laughs> yeah, it's sensational. Like, the whole movie's worth yeah. watching just for that one scene. Um, mm-hmm. But this, but the way that Firefly treats sex is a little... Like, the actual sex scenes themselves has got this, like, history of being a little bit on the male gazy like, soap opera east side, which is mm-hmm. a weird juxtaposition. <laughs> um, like, combining soap opera with male gaze. And, like, what is that? I don't know. I don't think I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I felt like they were trying to show that these two were on equal 
footing. Like, that's another part of, like, the weird, like, actual position that was being shown is they were both sitting upright. They were looking equally into each other's eyes. No one was on top. No one was, like, being subjugated or anything. They were trying to show them as equals, equally choosing this particular, uh, you know, act that they're, they're engaging in together and voluntarily. But it just felt creepy. <laughs> yeah, it did. I, I actually kind of like the instinct to go with, like, these two people who have lived these hard lives, when they come mm. together, are very tender and slow with each other. I think that's actually kind yeah. of interesting. But um, yeah. but something about, the, something about the execution just came off as slightly creepy. so yeah so so i'm giving it a five i'm giving this five viras i would give it a six if it were like a regular show but for firefly i feel like it's a very middle of the road episode yeah where it doesn't like break the world it doesn't make me angry um Mm -hmm. it doesn't like disappoint like my uh, my view of what firefly is and can be but it just isn't that great it's like very average so i'm gonna give it a five Mm -hmm. Very long-winded way of getting there for me. So, <laughs> no, totally. I I absolutely get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, and we only have one left, Jane. I know it's it's kind of sad. I know uh, only having one left, but there is there is a movie, and I'm gonna have to read the comics. I've been saving them. Yeah, for you know, like a, a time when I need them. But oh. I think uh, we could. We could talk about the comics at some point. I would love to do that. I got mm. them from the library a while back and read them, and they were fantastic. Well, some of them are really fantastic. Um, but now I don't feel comfortable getting things from the library. I'm like, I don't want anything that anyone else has touched until I know. after the pandemic is over. And we're going to be mm. moving into talking about sci-fi movies, which I'm so excited about. I can't wait. There's yeah. so many movies that I'm so pumped to chat with you about. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, starting with Serenity, the Firefly movie. Yeah. So we really have two more journeys through the firefly verse to embark upon yeah on on the, the on-screen journeys yeah but yeah i mean it's it's weird like we've been covering this show for so long and we're here we have one more yeah we took a long and winding journey but we made it we well, did we're about, to, we're about to make it yeah we can see not, the summit <laughs> yeah let's not celebrate too early my computer might die and we never get the last no. one out <laughs> no don't jinx it yeah well uh i mean I don't know. Maybe someday we'll get a, a reboot or a, mm. a continuation or something. I, I feel like, well, we can talk about it more in in the next episode once like that's it for the TV show. But yeah, um, I don't know. I was thinking Thank about you. that today. Like, what if they made new Firefly and then we could cover new Firefly on the podcast? That would be so yeah. cool. Well, they so, keep dragging that out. Like every few years, there'll be this little buzz of like, "Ooh, Fox is open to it." If blah 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 X Y and Z happens, that it's like nothing's ever gonna. They're they're never gonna resurrect it. It's just dangling hope so that we <laughs> so that we open ourselves up to the possibility, and then nothing ever happens. Well, Fox was bought by Disney. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So now, like. Disney owns Firefly, and Disney yeah. knows how Mouse. to how to make shit. That means Mal's a Disney princess. <laughs> Is that right? Like, I mean, was Firefly owned by Fox to the point where when when Disney bought Fox, they got Firefly? Like, I feel 
feel like that. And yes, Mal is absolutely a Disney princess. <laughs> sure. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, there, the, the buying of Fox, I felt like, was messy. There were a lot of properties that were split up amongst different properties. Yeah. So there's like Disney bought most of Fox, but not all of Fox. Okay. Um, I hear you Googling. I, now I'm, I want to know. Because if Disney yeah, owns Firefly, yeah, like they could make a Disney Plus version of firefly like a reboot or something Mm -hmm. i mean give it the 10 episode a season like streaming tv model where we're getting some really great tv that way um i would love that i mean i've been iffy in the past about like do i want firefly to come back or not but Mm -hmm. if it's done like with a lot of care and attention and budget i mean it could be great you know let's try Mm -hmm. at least i'd rather them try and have it be bad than not try i think Exactly, exactly like what uh, Zoe said in this episode. Yeah, about having kids. Not, yeah, not so afraid of losing a thing that you won't try to have it. Absolutely, that was uh, so very wise. It looks yeah, like oh, which yeah, that's also a little nugget of foreshadowing. Oh, but. that's right. <laughs> I totally forgot okay. about that. So Disney bought most of Fox. Okay, but Fox Corp still exists independent from disney so that means it's primarily just a news and sports company now but it does still technically own the fox tv network and uh firefly was on fox tv okay bummer um so it's still fox court because no one corporation can own more than one broadcast network and Fox TV was a broadcast network, and Disney already owned NBC or ABC, apparently. Oh wow! I was forget about that. I was yeah. forget about that. But so that's so interesting because I know that I know that Disney got The Simpsons when they bought Fox. So like different yeah. shows are like broadcast through different contracts, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's very not cut and dry. It's it's a complicated. Uh, uh, but that's a bummer. I don't want Fox to own Firefly anymore. They've done a terrible job. I know. Agreed. I could care. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we've got another one, one more TV episode to talk yes. about. And it's it's a fun one. Objects in Space, the final episode of Firefly. Oh, yeah. I'm sad just thinking about it. <sighs> yes. And then we're going to talk about Serenity. And we should start talking about what our first movie is going to be when we jump into talking about movies. Um, and if any listeners have ideas, email me, tweet at me. Let me know what you want Jane and I to cover. We'll definitely get a running list going. I mean, things we've been talking about. um, I mean, I still haven't seen Arrival. I really want to watch that movie. (gasps) Oh, my God. We got to do that. I love that movie. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. Spoiler, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I really want... I've been wanting to podcast about that for years, and I just haven't gotten to it. I'd love to do... um, Attack the Block, another movie I haven't seen. Oh, man. District 9... Cocoon. Well, we've done Cocoon on the show before. Cocoon and Contact, we've already done, but I would do them again with you, Jane, because okay, I've never seen Cocoon, oh, so I want you to see it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we will be inviting uh, other space nerds to join us, so it will be like some group discussions about sci-fi movies. Yeah. It's going to be great. I can't wait, but I am okay. sad. Like but the only thing kind of mitigating my sadness of Firefly coming to an end is that we have this awesome plan for post Firefly. Oh, Sunshine! Right. We got to talk about Sunshine. <laughs> absolutely man that's a good movie yeah. um and we can do like 
yeah, throw in some some new stuff and some classics. Yeah. Like, um, I would love to talk about The Abyss. Yes, The Abyss. I still haven't finished that movie. Oh, man. Yeah, let's do that one. Yeah, there's there's so many movies. Doug and I have been talking about talking about... uh, We've been talking about talking about Jupiter Ascending because he loves that movie <laughs> and I haven't seen it. But uh, uh, I have seen it. I don't know if love is the right <laughs> word to use for that from anybody. Yes. <laughs> but it's it's definitely uh, epic. It's it's an epic movie, even if you love it or you hate it. <laughs> I'm so curious. I'm so curious. Um yeah. But yeah, I mean, if listeners have any ideas, let us know, because we are moving into a new territory here on the Space Nerds podcast that Jane and I are both really stoked on. Yeah, open to suggestions. Absolutely. Oh, and that reminds me to ask everyone listening, if you haven't already, to please leave us a positive rating and review on iTunes. And I'm asking this especially because we have been hovering at 19 um, ratings and reviews for like months and I would love ah. to see us hit 20. I just want to <laughs> hit that even number. So if one person out there can go leave us a positive rating and or review on iTunes, or I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now. That would mean a lot. And we've had an influx of new listeners on Podcast Republic um, since we were featured there recently. So if any listeners on Podcast Republic want to rate us there as well, I will see that because I am a Podcast Republic listener. That's where I listen to podcasts. So, um, yeah, I would love Excellent. if we see any ratings and reviews, we'd love to share them on the show as well. So get your your shit read by us on the show. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Tell us tell us what you want to hear or what you want us to to watch next. Now totally. that we've got a uh, open horizons. We do. Yeah. And someday I want to cover the expanse on this show also because I mm. fucking love that show but uh so much sci-fi so little time and and i you know i love it It, it's fun no matter what um it's gonna be a good time anyway that's gonna do it for this episode of space nerds thank you guys so much for listening i really appreciate you thank you jane for being here you're the best always so much fun thanks for having me back anytime and until next time stay nerdy out there stay nerdy out there space nerds is listener funded through patreon to support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash spacenerdspodcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!